Welcome to The Connection, a podcast to connect you to the parish of Yate. My name's Howell. And I'm Justin. We are your hosts sharing with you the good news of the parish and to enable you to grow outside of the walls of the church building. So this week on The Connection, we've interviewed Bishop Lee quite a a while back, really, about his work as a scientist and how he uses science and his Christian faith together and how he sees the world through this scientific lens and how that helps him in his preaching and how he sees the world. So what we're going to have is a little interview with him and then an extract from his sermon that he preached at the St Nick's 40th where he goes into uh, how science can better help him understand Christianity. So we're here now at the St Nick's 40th uh, celebration with, uh, with the bishop. So tell us now, what did you used to do before you were a priest? Well, I was an immunologist. That often closes conversations down as fast as saying you're a priest. But essentially, the immune system's uh, the second most complex system in the body. And uh, I did uh, a doctorate in the field of immunology. Actually, I was working on transplantation originally and the development of the immune system in humans and um, when, when the immune system matures and things related to that. Um, then I was, uh, that was at St Mary's Hospital Medical School. I went on to become a lecturer at Guy's and St Thomas's uh, Medical Schools, called the United Medical Schools. And there I worked on a whole variety of things, uh, including autoimmune diseases, where the immune system attacks uh, your own body. Uh, and the last thing I was working on was looking at vaccines using molecular biological techniques allied to immunological techniques on um, uh, papillomaviruses, which are associated with cancer. And in fact, I, I was, um, uh, we had a patent one. I knew it wasn't going to be the one which actually ended up to be the right one, but I went out from that on a real high because we made a breakthrough in looking at immune responses from women who had um, infections with papillomavirus that were associated with tumours. So we, we did some really groundbreaking research and there was a big grant that Oh, that. so it was the HPV vaccine, HPV that, HPV vaccine, vaccine that yeah. all the kids... My wife used to actually send the letters out uh, to the kids in school to yeah. say it's time yeah. for you to yeah. go for your HPV vaccine. Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell her when I get in. It's, it's all the bishop's fault she had to send Well, out no, those. because there, are t- there, there was a pro- there's different proteins. One, The one we were working on, which a virologist produced, was called the L, an L protein. But we had a feeling that the E proteins would be the answer, and that proved to be the case. Ah, right. And it's a very similar field to what I used to work in, because I was in the genetics of uh, type 1 diabetes. So yeah, I used to work on yeah, autoimmune yeah, diseases yeah. Uh, in a similar sort of way, and we were looking at the, the genetics of um, genetic associations with different genes for those who have uh, diabetes. And we found that diabetes, Graves' disease, and Hashimoto thyroiditis yes, yes. all shared a association. So it's a similar, yeah. similar yeah. sort of thing, really. I wasn't uh, as uh, organ-specific autoimmune diseases. Organ-specific autoimmune diseases. See, I do remember some of my steam age immunology. There you go. There you go. Well, we're not going to bore everybody now as we sort of totally geek out on uh, on that. So 
Have you ever used, or do you find your scientific uh, research helps you in your spirituality and the way in which you use um, as icons in the same way other people use icons? It, honestly, I mean, if you're a scientist, you're always a scientist. Yeah. You know, you can take the scientist out of the lab, but you can't take the science out of the person, you know? And um, so wherever there's an appropriate illustration, that keys in something like you know when we talk about catalysts you know so yeah. when somebody talk, somebody from an arts background will say might use the word catalyst but if you're a scientist you understand a lot more about what that might mean and um, I've got on my on my robes uh, I'm not particularly the type who likes dressing up but if you're gonna do it tell a story with it so if you look at my mitre which is that the, one of the, well, the hat that a bishop signifies a bishop and, and the ministry they're entrusted with. Uh, I've got um, an atom on the back of it with, with a cross running through it. So that's just a reminder to people of the importance of holding the whole of life together. There's a very interesting thing that biologists might know about. You might know other biologists. Just don't ask me anything about plants. <laughs> uh, in biology, in 1968, does that ring any bells to anybody? Is that a special date at all? Yeah? It is, isn't it? Well, 40 years ago, this biologist made an observation which became a theory where we talk about keystone species. Keystone species. And in keystone species is where you have a really key species of animal, maybe plant, but we'll stick to animals. And a keystone species makes a massive difference to an ecosystem. You know where everything... We've got an ecosystem in Yale. We've got an ecosystem of people relating to one another and lots of other things. But you take that keystone species out, the thing goes to pot. And he discovered that the purple starfish, which of course you all know about, <laughs> the purple starfish was really key as a, as a species to the way um, see some shorelines could function. Because if you took them out, then the muscles began to take over. And he saw that barnacles could run rampant. You ever kind of had to go on a beach or rocks where there's a lot of barnacles? Got lots of cuts in your feet, have you? So there's a keystone species. And it doesn't have to be very many of these. But they stop the dominance of that which we take over and destroy. Is there any slight resonance here about what we're called to be in the, in the, the places we're set? Salt and light. Well, you're also a keystone species now. <laughs> you knew that all the time. Well, the starfish, we feel sometimes as Christians, where many people ignore the claims of Christ, many think they dismiss Jesus as mythology or for the religious types. We're in a country where we may feel there's so many things that need doing, everybody feels that. 
that picture of the starfish, some of you might have heard the image of the, the, the lad going along a beach where there'd been a really high tide, the starfish had been swept up onto the beach, and then the tide had gone out extra long because it was a, you know, a spring tide season, and there's all these starfish dying on the, in the heat of the day. In the heat of the day. And this boy is going along there, sort of picking up one and throwing it in, and there are thousands of them. Somebody comes along and says to the boy, why are you doing this? You know, you can't really make a difference here, can you? And he picks one up and he throws it into the water and he says, I made a difference to that one. I made a difference to that one. You're making a difference, friends. Keep making a difference. Keep making a difference. And if anybody's listening who's ignored the claims of Jesus Christ, who hasn't thought he has any relevance to them, then I just want to tell you, finish with a little story, which is again related to when I got ordained. Um, I was ordained on the 8th of June, which for those of you who are keeping diaries was two days ago, but it was 13 years ago. Unlucky for some. Unlucky for Bristol Diocese. <laughs> and when I first, I got a letter that had arrived while I was on holiday, inviting me to say I'd be, I, they wanted to interview me for this post. And I had a stack of mail when my wife and I arrived home, and it was on the kitchen, you know, I picked it up, and I quickly sorted it into a pile of junk mail, and a pile of mail I thought I wanted to read. And I hadn't put the junk mail in the bin, fortunately. I thought I'd better just check it later. And, and the next morning, I was sort of sitting having a coffee and I noticed the junk mail pile and there was one of them just poking out the end that it had on it, strictly private and confidential. I thought, I don't think junk mail usually has that on it, so I sort of fished it out and I opened it up and it was a letter from Mike Hill saying, do you know what, we think you, you might be the next bishop, the suffragan bishop in the Diocese of Bristol. He said, get in touch with me. It was two weeks ago. You're probably thinking I'm not interested at all. So I followed up reasonably quickly. But how many times have you just thrown something away which you didn't think was important? How many people listening have kind of thought about Jesus and said, Jesus isn't for me. Jesus is always for you. He's for everyone present here. And it's so easy to dispose of something that really we've been invited to step into. And friends, I want you to keep on inviting people to discover that love of Christ, to discover that heart which changes life, not just for you, but for those around you, that makes a difference, that does, doesn't last for 40 years, but lasts for eternity. We hope you've enjoyed this week's show. There's more content to follow, and you can find out more by going to yateparish.org.uk. As a podcast, you can also find us on iTunes and within SoundCloud. And as every week goes by, more podcast platforms will pick up the connection, so you can be the first to listen to the new edition of The Connection. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to hearing from you in the near future. The way to communicate with us can easily be found on our website, yateparish.org.uk. God bless.